to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have, friend of the pod. Amy's here to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit to heal, but before we confer amongst ourselves, now that they've simply made the present condition just a bit more bearable, let's welcome in our favorite co-host doing greater works than me, Meredith Barry. Good day, guys. Greater works. Greater works. Oh, silver and gold have I none. Yeah. Such as I have, give I thee. <laughs> Marin, I, I can always count on you to to complete the thought in the intro when I don't really know what I'm talking about. I just like pull like words out of scripture. You complete the thought and put the context uh, behind the, the scripture. No, there. I was thinking about my kids when you quoted that scripture, the silver and gold have I none, but such yeah. as I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. They used to sing that song in their Lutheran school. Anyway, walking and leaping and praising Whoa. God. Oh. And no one in the green room knew that song. I don't think that's real. Guys. <laughs> oh, no. It is a classic in our house. Yeah. All right. Well, I've never heard it. Uh, guys, Amy, welcome back to the pod. Just get on your phone and, it's, uh, I'm looking at my message oh, okay. so that I have things to say later. You got somewhere to be. I'm yeah. also on my phone. Yeah, if you'd exactly. like to judge both of oh, us yeah, at the same all right, time. Guys, thanks. It's been a long, long time since I've been here. Welcome back. Thanks. Yeah, it has been. Yeah. Uh, last yeah. time you preached, you weren't available the following week. No. It's, you went on like vacation or something. No, it's really been like every time that I speak, you all are off. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> I'm serious. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's what I've been saying. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I can't pay enough to get on yeah. this pod. Well, and this is your first time back in this recording space with yes, us. We're, I know. we're finally back in the room. We're it's back. Together at last. So right. It just <laughs> does. Good. It feels does. so right Good. to be in here. So happy for getting, you. Thanks. Getting ruthlessly mocked by Tyler. Yeah. It's yeah. just doing like the all... headphone shuffle. Yep. It, Good welcome old back. Times. It is. Yep. It's good. All right. So what's new? What's going on? It's been a couple of weeks. We took last week off. I don't know why. Oh, Barry was gone. Uh, uh, and Marin and I just didn't even communicate about it. We just, <laughs> just pretend it's not even happening. And, and maybe the other person won't bring it up. But uh, what's new? What's happening? What's new? Barry just went on vacation. So like, yeah, you've got all just, the newness. I mean, I don't know. I, I went with Liv's family down to Tennessee. We hung out on a lake. Uh, her cousins and stuff. It was, they, they were the family that they would always be together. Like in the summer at Christmas time at, um, this is her maternal side of the family mm. up at the blueberry farm oh. with her grandparents. And so they grew up together. Cousins always, always together, but then their grandparents passed. And so this is like the first time everybody's adults and they're like, how do we maintain these relationships? We don't have Francisville anymore. So we went to a lake and hung out. It was fun. We had a good time. Uh, are you guys lake people? I love water. I love it. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I enjoy it. Like I, it, it, this was the right amount of Lake for me. Yeah. It was like two Lake days and I was done. I was ready. Two to, is too, too many. For me. <laughs> you don't like the Lake. Well, all right. We all know how you feel about the dark waters. Well, yeah, the dark waters is one thing, <laughs> but the dark waters with like all of my family. <laughs> yeah. We not, were not sure. I'm we were that. pretty crowded onto some, on a, on just two boats. <laughs> what we is had, it? Oh, we, two rent, boats. we rented a, a pontoon boat and like a speed boat to do tubing. And you and, would have to have two. Well, two yeah, there was like, sure. there were like 16 yeah. or 18 of us. So what so. would we do? Like a pontoon and skiing. What do we do? Tubing? Yeah. There was yeah. tubing behind the pontoon, which is not that difficult to stay on. Yeah. And then we did some skiing and then tubing, on the speedboat and uh my brother-in-law Jeff Jeff McCracken and I had the most epic 
tube run ever. We stayed on way longer than we should have. We were Whoa. catching air. It was, it was amazing. I was sore for days. Well, so. and do they, purpose, do they purposely try? I mean, like when I, oh, when yeah, I it was, was intentional tubing, trying like to get you off. They're intentionally trying to Absolutely. throw you off the tube. We were going so is. fast that when I, <laughs> when I got off or when I got flung off the tube, I would stay on the surface of the water for a while. Like just like, why? All right. We're almost 40. Amy, you're a little older than that. I'm 50. It's fine. I'm not ashamed. How sore were you? Very sore. Yeah. I couldn't move oh, my arms. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> what? For sure. No, my poor body does yeah. not know. Tyler, are you thinking a lot about the hands of time? Because this is the second time today I've heard you reference how you're almost 40. Yeah. Just yeah, been, midlife. Been thinking about that a lot. Well, I don't know why you, anybody at our age would yeah. put ourselves in a position. <laughs> and you keep making it plural. You keep making well, it about, about the same age. Except you, Amy. The three of you are the same age. Yeah. Virtually, yeah. right? Aren't you kind of close? Tyler and I are two days apart. Yes. Yeah. So wow. I don't know why true. anybody our age would purposely put themselves in a situation to just be sore. I, because it's fun. Unless you're like, it depends trying, on fun. the situation. If you're like working out and whatever, that that's one thing. But, but that's just like, not fun, sore. Like that's terrible. That's awful. But <laughs> like tubing is fun. You like yeah. working out. I do like working out. Last time I went tubing and I got really sore, like I couldn't even like hold a pencil the next day because <laughs> okay, I was well. gripping onto the thing so tight <laughs> yeah. and I just couldn't even like grip anything with my hands. <laughs> you also have to do physical things with your life before <laughs> yeah. you go right. tubing. Also How dare true. you? So it's not debilitating. Skiing is worse because skiing is a full body sore. Like every tubing, it's like your chest yeah. and back and arms, but skiing I was, is I all was of an, it. I was an embarrassment with skiing because I've never really done it before. <laughs> oh, so no. everybody, it was like, you could just hear the collective sigh. Yeah. Every time it didn't <laughs> work, like, I didn't get up. Everyone's the boat, to turn that boat like, around. <sighs> yeah. Every time. I was Whatever. always, a, I'm a two, two ski skier. And so I was always ashamed. I always felt ashamed <laughs> because everybody, because I'm all, was always with people that could, is it slalom with the yeah, one yeah. ski? No, never could. I could never get up. Yeah. And so I, they'd always throw me the other ski. They'd just be like, here, take it. You're After, left to two ski. I, I did get up a couple times and I got, you know, going for a little while and I, I thought, okay, I get it. If I had been doing this since I was a child, <laughs> yeah, right. this would be a breeze. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. This isn't the right time to learn how to water ski, I guess. So anyway, I'm yeah. fine. I'm doing great. Thanks right, for, good. for asking. How about what's, you guys? What's new with you guys? <laughs> I never have anything new. Nothing Awkward is new. Silence. No. <laughs> Life is good. Nothing's new. Amy, how about you? Marin, yeah. um, <laughs> no. Everybody yeah. says something Someone's, new. Yeah, we don't just skip right. over each other. Of the pod. Yeah. Uh well, when I can think of something new, I will say it. Okay. Amy, what you got? Okay. Um, you know, my new is always like kids related. So it's kind it's of, okay. but my, my <laughs> third child, Annie is going to college in the fall. So I did a, an on-campus orientation, just a few yeah. hours. How did that go? Um, Miami of Ohio. Is Are you doing okay? Um, I'm an emotional person. <laughs> I will be a, I will be a wreck come August when yeah, she leaves huh? me. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. I, she's not my favorite. But she's Wait. really close to being my favorite. Wow. She's been the easiest kid from day one, from the moment she came home from the hospital. Yeah. So I just, she's really easy. And no, but Maggie will still be Your other kids are taking strays. Yeah. Yeah. She, no, you're just firing bullets at them. I know. It's mean. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, but Maggie is the, Maggie's joy too. She's the youngest. And she is, I sent her off on Monday. She's doing the um, indie trip with merge oh, this yeah. week. It's awesome. Um, down at shepherd community. And this is her first kind of, yeah. um, 
trip, so to speak. They're not staying overnight this time. Um, yeah, but, but it's great for her and she's yeah. enjoying it and loving it. And she's always like, she gets in the car and talks nonstop about it when I'm picking her up in the evening. So that's, that's awesome. really cool. That's so, so cool. My new thing is also always child related. Cause yes. as soon as you said that, I'm like, Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I had a total life first this week, this week. I think it was, I don't know. I, I, I forget what day it was, but I woke up and both of my kids were at work. That is awesome. A life. Wow. Did you feel like, Oh my word, it's quiet. And yeah, it was, it was, it was wild. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. This is so what, what it's going to be like all the time. I went to work. That's what I did. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Yeah. No, but both kids are just kind of like, you know, so last we talked in their wings. Uh, Wait, I want to know what Jaden, what's his work? Jayden, Wait, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm the host of the show. <laughs> I think Tyler was going to go I'm there. Back. Last we talked, Jaden had just gotten a job oh, at yes. Dunkin' Donuts. Yes. Forced on, forced upon by his father. <laughs> yes. And yes. so how is that going? He is he is giving like 70% it. of his money to Jed? He has seen not a dime yet. You know how <laughs> okay. this goes. Okay. It's going to take two, possibly three yeah. weeks before Duncan. he sees a dime. He is at the Dunkin' on 116th and Allisonville. Oh, my world will have to go. Oh, my girls oh. love Dunkin'. So. Oh. Duncan you Coffee. You guys are such good brand ambassadors that you're yeah. calling it. You're <laughs> calling it by the self-appointed new name, we Duncan. Need, uh, to not mention any brands here unless oh, we're I'm sorry. some kind of sponsor. Is that right? We're not getting sponsored. Don't we, no. don't we get some like friend of the pod free donuts? Yeah, should get then. free donuts. Yeah, yeah. he's working um, super early in the mornings and not complaining at all. The kid is getting up at 6 a.m. for his 6.30 shift. We live super close to it. Unbelievable. So, I mean, he's loving it. Is it and the free coffee and donuts that he gets? He does get free stuff whenever he's on the clock. That's amazing. That's that's great. He likes how busy it is. He likes yeah. the people he's working with. So every day, I keep waiting for like reality to set yeah. in. When work becomes a grind and the yeah. novelty wears off, I keep waiting yeah. for that, but we or are not until, there yet. Or until the guy comes into the donut shop and says, I want a dozen donuts. And then they take 18 minutes to pick a dozen donuts. <laughs> right. That is when Jaden... Cause that, that happens every time I go to the donut store. It's yes. like, I'll have a dozen donuts. Uh, that what is one. that? What does honey do? <laughs> right, come on, man. <laughs> what are we doing? I always feel like my kids start to not like it and then they get paid. And yeah. then they're like, I like it. Infusion you know? of, yeah. yeah. I like I remember well, I worked at Starbucks for a year and the opening shift, it's tough getting there in the morning, but then it's so great. Cause you're like you said, it's fast paced. There's tons yep. of people and then you're done and it's only one o'clock and you've worked a full yeah. day right. shift. Lightning round. First jobs. Uh, Chris's ice cream now <gasps> called Chris's ice cream oh, and Mexican. Food. No that place way. is awesome. It, it is did not awesome. have Mexican food. Oh, it was goodness. just Chris's ice cream. That I know we're not supposed to mention brands, but that's our favorite place to go well, for tacos. Well, wow. Really? Your favorite wow. place? Favorite place. For tacos. I was scooping ice cream and he, mo- <laughs> the, whoever it was, the guy that was my boss mocked me for not being able to scoop very well. Cause I had scrawny arms. <laughs> hey, tell that to your brother-in-law. <laughs> doesn't he think you're like (laughs) tough guy oh oh, right who thinks he's tough guy when i when i was helping my brother-in-law move uh he kept remarking on like that effect that i was able to carry like that box by myself and i was like yeah 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 he doesn't think you have scrawny arms no i got oh i can pick up three of these boxes (laughs) let me show you yeah anyway that was my first job go lightning round go amy first job 
Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't work, work until I was in my thirties. <laughs> oh no. I, I did work at Foxmore Casuals for a Christmas season at the mall. It was a lot of pastel. I bet you learned a what lot. What is that? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> because it was an eighties thing and it was lots of pastel sweaters. Gerdoins. <laughs> it, it was a lot of pastel. So there. Uh, Taco Bell. Ah. I rode my bike to Taco Bell. I got dropped off from the bus at Taco Bell. The bus took you to Taco Bell from yeah, school? Yeah, I just had to get on the bus route that went right by Taco Bell and they would drop me off. Nice. one The one on Carmel Drive? Well, it used to be on Range Line. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I would spend all my money on Taco Bell. Of course. Because you didn't get free tacos. You got, I don't know, 50% off. But I would, like chili cheese burritos, breakfast, lunch, dinner. <laughs> did they have chalupas back then? No, they did not. Oh, chalupas are good. What about yeah. you, Marin? I worked as a waitress at a banquet hall down the street from my house. So what? I could walk there in my cummerbund and my um, <laughs> suit pants. Whoa. That is awesome. That's your uniform. Do you ever, That's every banquet hall. If you ever hear Jaden complain, be like, you're not wearing a cummerbund. No. Exactly. Wait, what's a cummerbund? That thing you oh, wear around on. your waist. It was like, <laughs> when guys wear a tux, they wear a cummerbund. Oh, around okay. I thought you like, meant like a No, bonnet. because it was like a weddings bonnet. and stuff. Like the, yeah. the, the serving staff had to look presentable for these. <laughs> did you, you wear like a bow tie a... with the cummerbund? I did. Yeah. I need to bring in a picture. I would love oh it. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I thought uh, you meant like an Amish How bonnet. it started, how it's yeah, going. Yeah, really. There we go. <laughs> my current work uniform. Yes. Uh, sweater yes. and jeans. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. That is an awesome picture <laughs> that I can't wait to see. Uh, yeah. What else? What else is new? What's Nothing? new with you? Yeah, uh, what's new with you? All right, so Milo is in Taekwondo. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> he's three years old, about to be four, and he's in Taekwondo camp. He's not in Taekwondo camp. But, yeah. Wow. So he's in camp. How uh, long is that? It's take just for a week. Him? It's just a week. Full uh, day? No. Oh, okay. Like an hour. Oh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's quite a camp. Yeah. Uh, and so he had his first day yesterday, and Lauren sent me a video, and it's basically like a obstacle course. Uh, Milo calls it uh, octopus course. <laughs> nice <laughs> obstacle course, and he's doing uh, hopscotch. So two, one, two, one. And then at the end of it, somebody's holding a punching bag that after you get done with hopscotch, you're supposed to either kick or punch. You literally just kicked me. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you for that. <laughs> sorry. He's really <laughs> getting you into either this. kick or punch. And he got to the end of it and just wound up and swung with his fist and whiffed it. He just, <laughs> missed the punching he just bag. whiffed it. <laughs> That's why you need to go to Taekwondo camp. Yeah. So he's at Taekwondo camp. And today I was getting ready to go to work and I said, uh, or he said, dad, can you take me to Taekwondo today? I said, I can't today, buddy, but I, I think I can later this week, maybe Friday. And he goes, oh, uh, you're not invited Friday. <laughs> <laughs> you lost oh. your chance, dad. <laughs> Why? You what did I do? Chance. You just literally asked me to take you and now I'm not invited. <laughs> so. Did he tell you why? No, oh. he just said, maybe I could invite you, but. <laughs> <laughs> so. I yeah. love him. To be determined whether or not I get to go to. Taekwondo Taekwondo. Camp, but that's what's new. Well, that's great. Uh, my in-laws, my wife's whole family all did Taekwondo growing up and they all, yeah. did. even when they were real tiny, they were all doing Taekwondo and they swear by it. They said it was the best thing for their, <laughs> for their family and the kids to that's learn. That's where we heard yes. about it. Yeah. Um, Olivia's mom, Alicia sent yeah. Lauren, who, by the way, 
could break any one of us in half because she is a Alicia. I don't, Alicia. No, my mother-in-law yeah. is like a, I don't know the, all the things there's Don's, I think different levels of black belt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like fourth or fifth level wow. black belt. Is she still practicing? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She, I, she, I've seen her break through many pieces of wood yes. <laughs> with her body and it's terrifying. So That's awesome. I will never, never yeah. cross my Which mother-in-law. Is- Pretty up there in the list of like most surprising things. <laughs> Alicia McClure is like the most like sweet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, just don't, just don't, yeah, don't, don't ever cross her in a dark alley. Yeah. You're gone. Wow. Guys, I was taking Taekwondo probably as early as like six or seven years ago. Same thing with the kids. I got the kids involved in a park district Taekwondo. Mm -hmm. And then I got sick of just like sitting on the side and watching Mm -hmm. my kids do it. And it was kind of an all family thing. So I joined in and I was pretty serious about it. I loved going to Taekwondo, but one day I went and gave blood at around noon and then went oh no. straight to Taekwondo class. <laughs> Did you pa- pass out? I completely passed out. Oh I my woke up goodness. and the entire Skin class was happened. waving, you know, getting me water and bringing me snacks. And that was the end of my All Taekwondo right. career. I didn't know your kids did Taekwondo. They did. We just talked about it this week. There's a new Taekwondo studio near our house. And I was joking with the kids about how we should, yeah. we should all get back into it. And they were like, no, not so fast. No, no. <laughs> no. That's too bad. I've never done Taekwondo. Uh, you didn't shocking. have to tell us. Yeah. We <laughs> could have guessed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So we are in week th- four, three, four, four, week four. No, three, three. It's three. That was week. We just finished week three. I even know about it. I should have made you announce it in the host block this weekend because then you <laughs> would have remembered. This has to be week four. It's no, th- I we literally did, said three. No, we did not. intro. Yeah. Oh, you didn't preach. No, hers was Micah, no, the end of Micah. I was the last uh, of Micah. Okay, that's where it is. Yeah, week three. It's all, <laughs> you it's guys all are running right. together for you. Isn't I was pod. like, you both preached. You preached twice. Where am I missing? But yeah, yeah, you didn't preach. All right. Week three of our current sermon series, how it started, how it's going. And Amy's here because you gave the message. I did. So can you kind of give us a recap or a rundown of the big idea for anybody who hasn't yet to hear or see it? Yeah, I think it was um, really a continuation of what Barry started the week before talking about Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit and um, the power that the Holy Spirit has and that that power then was imparted to the followers of Jesus. And we still to this day, when we surrender our lives to Jesus, have that power, the Holy Spirit's power. And we can do I mean, I guess what I would say is what I was getting at at the end is we can do more in that power than I think we believe we can do in that power and that, um, we have access to that and we need to have a, be a little bolder, a little more courageous and have a little more faith and trust that we can use that, um, in powerful ways to heal the brokenness of the world. You primarily focused on acts three and four, right? Mm -hmm. Was this, I got, I have a lot of questions about this topic kind of the story you shared as well as the scripture, but for the scripture part, uh, was this, do we think this is Peter's first time doing stuff like this, like healing and well, there, there are indications in the gospels that at one point Jesus sent out his disciples, sent them out to go and 
heal people and cast out demons and preach the the gospel. And they did. And okay. they came back saying, Oh my gosh, even the demons ob- obeyed us. Like it was incredible. We, so they've had some this? kinds of experiences okay. like that, but this is the first time that the Holy spirit is within them. And they are actually doing what Jesus said that you will do even greater things than mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. This is their first time of getting a taste of that. Jesus isn't even around and they are uh, like physically and they are doing things in his name. As I've, I, I was, I've heard this, I've heard your sermon three times now. And as I'm thinking about it each time, I'm trying to put myself in Peter and um, John's situation or perspective. And I can't imagine how scared they would have been that like Jesus is no longer around. And I'm trying to think what would he have done in this situation? And I'm probably freaking out because Jesus told me I could do this, but he's not here. Uh, I can't. And so that, that's kind of like the, the resonating image that I had, or like the image that has stuck with me Mm -hmm. is how scared, because Peter wasn't, I mean, how old was he? He wasn't like, what? I don't know. I'm just thinking the, had it not been for the Holy spirit, they yeah. would have been scared. Yeah. They should have been scared mm-hmm. and but they would they have had, failed. <laughs> they just received the Holy spirit at Pentecost yeah. who gave them boldness yeah. and power. That's, that's the reason they were able to do what they did. Okay. And, and I guess we'll get straight into the story then that you told Amy, because I have the Holy spirit in me. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what we talked about, but I'm still scared. I was still scared when the situation came up and there was an opportunity to participate in healing or deliverance. So was, do you think Peter and John, like it was a different, like, did they feel like we just saw or went through Pentecost or saw this. So now we're like, there's no like failing this. We have the utmost confidence and cause I should, I should feel the same boldness if I'm in a situation like, they would have been in. Well, right? I think it, I think it, the question is what is their confidence in mm-hmm. or where is their, what is their fear of? Because if their confidence is in their own ability to heal someone of a disease or to cast out a demon, their own ability, they don't have it. They should be afraid. Yeah. If their confidence is in God's ability to do that, mm-hmm. then why would they be afraid? Cause they're just, they're just instruments and they, and God's remember, I called the Holy spirit, God's restoring presence. Mm-hmm. God's restoring presence was within them. And when they are healing somebody, it's God's restoring presence. That's doing that. Right. It's not them. <laughs> yeah. They're just the instruments. So I think that's to me, that's why I would say maybe they weren't afraid because they had seen with their own eyes, what God's restoring presence could do. Right. Right. I think they were coming off of watching Jesus's miracle ministry and getting to be firsthand witnesses of that, but then also coming off of the miracle of Pentecost, Mm -hmm. having seen what they just saw everyone um, hearing in their own language and tongues of fire appearing above people's heads. Mm -hmm. And I would think that I would, I'd feel pretty bold after witnessing something like that. It might give me um, an additional confidence that maybe I didn't, I didn't have before. And even with stories like what Amy shared at the end of her message, both of you have expressed to me how you feel differently after having seen and witnessed firsthand Mm -hmm. the power of God at work. And so that's the boldness they were able to carry into this situation. Hey, I don't have any silver or gold, but here's what I do have. Right. And, and remember like this whole time of deep, I'm sure they're all debriefing Pentecost saying what just happened to us Mm -hmm. there. What the apostles teaching was, was saying essentially everything that Jesus promised has come true. 
everything he said has come true, including you will do greater things than, than me, right. that you were going to want, you know, bring this, this good news to the world. So, well, and I feel like they must not have been super scared because they brought it like the lame man wasn't asking to be healed. Right. That's not what he was asking for at all. So they made the decision in that moment to be bold enough and courageous enough and to, to do it, even though he wasn't asking for it. Like right. the spirit must've prompted them in right. the moment to say, no, 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 we're, we're going to do better than giving him money. Yeah. Right. We're, we're going to heal him. And yeah. so, and they say they, Peter says, look at us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he, he boldly moves into it. So I feel like if there was fear, man, they, they pushed past it and went right, right for it. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's an interesting detail in the story that I think we don't always talk about is the fact that the point of this was not a miracle. The point of this was not healing. The point of this was love. Mm-hmm. They, they said, look at me. Cause they wanted to make human to human connection mm-hmm. with this person. And it was in that, that the healing came, right? It was God's spirit helping them identify the need of another person. Mm-hmm. And, and it, so it was out of love, not out of power, not out of Mm-mm. trying to show off, not right. out of any, it was they out of compassion. And I mean, it always talks in scripture and I'd actually be interested to go back and look, compare this moment with some of the moments in Luke where Jesus heals, mm-hmm. because I bet there's language and there, there are hints where <clears throat> Luke is trying to get us to see the connection of when Jesus saw someone who was suffering, he had compassion. He, he you know, felt deeply the love that he had for someone and that led him to heal them. Right. Like I bet the same words are mm-hmm. there. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I also think that one of the key pieces too is uh, the whole training they'd been trained by yeah. Jesus. And I, I think we take it for granted that we can do things in the name of Jesus without proper training. And I mean, mm-hmm. training like connection and relationship and, and knowing and, and, being so in tune with the Holy spirit that we do know mm-hmm. when the promptings are there to do things that are out of the ordinary or might be scary. If we're not in a place where we can hear that or sense that, then we certainly shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. Like it has to come from that, from that sense, not just, Oh, I think I'm going to go out and heal people today. Totally. Like that. Yeah. Another thing that stood out to me and made me kind of emotional was, um, so they're, they're doing these miracles in front of the same people who crucified Jesus, right? Like presumably. Yeah. Like they're and the people who are seeing this happen are running now to Peter after they see these things being done, they're running to him. Um, but these are the same people, the, the people that are hearing the gospel, repenting, receiving the gifts of salvation. Um, those are the same people that were there possibly when they were saying crucify Mm -hmm. him. Sure. That's incredible. Yeah. Because 50, what, five days later, Mm -hmm. I don't know how late does it say how long after Pentecost this happened? It It, just goes right for it. Right after Mm -hmm. Pentecost. Right. So I wonder if like the dots were connected. Oh, I'm sure they were. And and as we'll see next week in the story that Stephen tells before he's stoned to death this coming week, we'll talk about that. Uh, he, indicates he he has this parallel between people who actually listen to and obey God's Torah, his, his teachings and those that reject it consistently. And he, the reason that they get so outraged and kill him is because he basically says you, the people that he's being accused by, you are the ones that rejected again, just like all the people who rejected him before. And, and so 
but with that is a, isn't, I mean, it's, it comes across really hot, but he's basically saying, repent, right? You that killed Jesus can repent and be, and even when he dies, he says, you know, forgive them of the, or don't, Mm -hmm. don't hold this sin against them. It's just like Jesus did. So I think there is a whole sense, at least in these early days of people saying, oh no, like, what have we done? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like that's after Peter's big speech on Pentecost, the response of the people is what can we do to be saved? Cause they realize, whoa, we we screwed up. Yeah. Well, and Peter, part of the, part of what he preached to them right after the healing that I, it was a long passage, so I couldn't go into everything, but he says, this is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate. Um, despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected this whole, this righteous, holy one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. So he recounts for them in that moment what they had done, but in the same vein says, but you can repent of all of this. You don't have to, you don't have to be beholden to the wrong things that you did. Right. There's, there's salvation for you. So right. he says it in that sermon, what he says right afterwards. Right. You're not stuck in that rejection. You are actually... Right. Yeah. I'm telling you guys, all these, all these messages are so connected. There's a thread that goes through them. And I rarely am, am able to fully like create these sermon series in that way intentionally stuff just happens and we end up seeing these threads come together. But man, if you're not watching all of these messages and seeing how they all connect. I'm telling it's like trying to watch like a mini series mm-hmm. on, on TV on Netflix or something, but only watching like episode two, episode four, <laughs> five and trying to like understand the whole story. It really does all connect. Well, someone rules. God someone rules. said to me, <laughs> yes, uh, thanks past Barry. <laughs> someone was asking me when I start prepping and I said, I try to do some pre stuff, but when it's in the middle of a series, I always want to hear the message right sure. before the one yeah. that I'm speaking on mm-hmm. because I want it to feel, I want it to the, all of it, especially in something like this, where it's so narrative driven and story driven, yeah. I want it all to connect. Yeah. So it was really important to me to hear what you said about yeah. Pentecost and everything so that I could tag onto that because I feel like these two passages were like really yeah. one in the same almost. It yeah. was like a continuation. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love that part of it. Like, and there's so many through, I'm giving away so much stuff for, but doesn't matter for future sermons, but like you watch this thread, you've got the people rejecting and killing Christ. Mm-hmm. And then, and the, and the opportunity to repent and turn around and they don't many of them, the ones that like the religious leaders, but then in the next story you have Stephen whose death is intent. Luke is intentionally echoing the death and, and uh, of Jesus, the trial of him, all these little things, even the things that he says right before he dies, like all these things are echoes of Jesus being crucified. These people reject him and, and kill Stephen, but guess who's there? Saul, Mm -hmm. who becomes the apostle Paul. He's there essentially participating in the death of this Jesus like man. And the very next weekend we're talking about Saul's conversion Mm -hmm. where he does repent. And his story then becomes where acts shifts from focusing on Peter to focusing on Paul, because he is the, the Jewish religious zealot Mm -hmm. leader who changes his ways and becomes a leader in the church. It's like that thread is so, so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're a part of that. Like, I just, I love that as yeah. I read it. I'm like, we are a continuation of this. Like yes. this is not, this is yes. Thousands of years ago, but like how amazing yeah. that we get to be a part of that story. Yeah. So I also couldn't help but think 
and you, 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 you touched on this in your sermon, but I want to give you an us an opportunity to expand on it. You talked about the people who are not healed, like the people who have prayed for healing their whole life or whatever, but are not, have not experienced that. I have friends who love God, but they tell me, I don't, I believe a lot of things about God. I don't believe he's a healer. I don't believe that because I've been praying my whole life and I'm still in pain or whatever. I like, I love God, but the healing part, I don't believe it. Um, and Peter and John, same Holy spirit, same power. They go there, dude asks for silver and gold and they heal him instead. Maybe that's happening in the world today where it's like, I'm going to a hospital and I'm going there to be your pastor. And instead you're going to walk out of this hospital. Maybe that's happening. I don't, I, I've never experienced something like that. Um, why do you, why is it different? Why is that part different? I can speak from my life experience. I, I don't know if I've told the story on the pod before, maybe I have, but the, the most recent right before my eyes miracle that I have witnessed was one summer when my kids were pretty young. Um, my husband sprained his ankle terribly playing basketball. Mm. Um, it, it swole up. It was all different colors. It was a very, very bad sprain. And, uh, he was going to have to be, you know, sitting on the couch with one leg up all summer. It was right at the beginning of the summer. And I'm like, great, I've got these two toddlers and you, you know, now I'm waiting on you hand and foot. And <laughs> yep. that's, that's how that went. Yep. Um, all for basketball. But anyway, <laughs> We're um, we went, grudges. we went, um, and visited my parents' church while he was on crutches. He could put no weight on the foot. He couldn't lower his heel to the ground. We walked, um, I, I mean, he couldn't carry his kids for a couple of weeks um, as we were in the middle of all this. So anyway, we go to my parents' church and they had an altar call. Um, and I think it, I think it was for healing. Um, and Jed went forward and a few people prayed over him. And then he literally took a step of faith, like put weight on that foot. And suddenly there was no pain. Mm. And he could lower his heel all the way to the ground. Now it was still different colors. It's like the the swelling didn't immediately disappear, but he put his crutches down. As my dad likes to say, he threw his crutches down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He picked up his son and walked out of church completely fine, completely normal, wow. walking, carrying our son. And he's crying. Like he's right. never wow. experienced anything wow. like that in his life. I had heard stories of things like that. And I knew people who had testimonies like that, mm-hmm. um, or who had been healed from things far worse than just a sprained ankle. But that was the first time I think I'd seen it so instantaneously and right before my own eyes. Mm-hmm. So that is a story that truly happened in my life to that's my husband, awesome. to my yeah, family. That's amazing. I also lost my mom to cancer two yeah. years ago. Yeah. And so he is a God who heals and he is a sovereign God who sometimes chooses for whatever reason not to heal. But I was resonating with the way you were saying how he is still present with us in our Mm non-healing. And I won't know this side of heaven, what his purpose was Mm -hmm. or reason was for any of that. But I do know 
the witness that my parents both were to every nurse in the hospital. I have no idea the impact, the long-term impact. My mother going to Northwestern Memorial Hospital every week. I don't know what impact that had on the people she came in contact with. I do know that her funeral was standing room only Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that the testimony of her life before so many people, her legacy lives on. Mm -hmm. Um, There's already been for lack of a better word, it's such a Christian-y word, but there's already been fruit, I I would say, of, you know, what the Bible says, unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, how can it bear fruit? I feel like there's already been fruit from the life and legacy of my mom. Now, I would give anything to have her back with me. Mm -hmm. You know, the fruit doesn't make it like Mm -mm. any easier on me that she is not here. Right. Um, But I just, I can testify that Yes, God is a healer. And yes, sometimes he chooses not to heal. Um, but in any situation and in any circumstance, he promises to be with us, near us, and ultimately he will receive the glory. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the truest sense of of healing too is restoration of your soul. And that's through surrender and salvation. And I, I look at at the people that your mom's non-healing may the way, not just the non-healing, the way she embraced God in the midst of that, the, her open palmness with her illness. I think of friends of mine, Lindy and people like that, that, that in their non-healing, they are so open palmed with that. And the transformation that is occurring around them as people watch them. Like, I know that there are souls being restored because of the way your mom handled her non-healing, the way that, that Lindy, that, that God is working through these people so souls are being restored and people are coming to, to know Jesus. And we may never see that impact mm-hmm. here on earth, but sure. we will someday. And, um, that that's beautiful, even though it's makes those of us that love them grief stricken, that, that it's not the way that we want it to be like, yeah. um, so. Yeah. Just a little, a little thought from that story, just to kind of help flesh out our mental picture of the story and acts. I mean, I've been to uh, underdeveloped countries and I can imagine what this cultural moment would have been like with people with disabilities, especially Mm -hmm. in a time before modern medicine. Uh, I mean, you fall off a donkey and you're crippled for life. Like there's all kinds of things in that world, which would lead to a, a disability like this. It wasn't one guy sitting alone that everyone was like, Oh yeah, that's the person with a disability. It was, hundreds. Right. It would have been people every, everywhere you went, you would have saw people without hands and arms. You would have seen people, uh, you know, who couldn't walk or move or what, it, who, who, yeah, all that. And, and so it, undoubtedly, now the story doesn't say this, cause I think the audience would have been like, well, of course, but undoubtedly this was one man being healed in a area where there would have been many, many others that weren't. So just to kind of add that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, it just adds to that question, but yet what you're saying, I completely agree with it's, excuse me, it's God is a healer. And sometimes he physically heals us. Sometimes he heals the world around us. Sometimes he heals our soul, but he's a healer nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, two more, two more things I noticed. One, um, Peter doesn't take any praise for this miracle. He goes out of his way to point out that it was Jesus, the resurrected Christ power 
was the reason that this guy was healed. Um, I was a part of your story that you told. Yeah. And I'm going to be really vulnerable here. <laughs> I haven't talked about this, but um, I was, I was in the front half of your story since that moment. All right. So I'm, I'm part of the lead team for, I don't know, five months, a pastor for five months, participate in this thing. And then he's, this guy is, is, is delivered later. Since that moment, I've had so much self-doubt about myself. Like, oh, I, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Or like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get it done, so to speak. This sermon has helped heal that part of me where it's like it requires like in order to participate in someone's healing or deliverance or whatever, you need, you need a number of people with represented gifts and stuff. But there's been a, there's been a, a bunch of like self-doubt in myself of like, I, I was, I was entrusted first as a first line of pastoral um presence in this person's life. And I quote, didn't get it done. I couldn't do anything because it had to get done later. Right. With other people. Mm -hmm. And when I noticed like Peter didn't care about that, (laughs) he didn't care about whether he got anything done. He, you know, he didn't even like, like he didn't, everything was, this is Christ. This isn't me. I was, I'm like you said, I'm basically like an instrument. Yeah. And since that moment, a couple of weeks ago, I've wrestled with like, maybe I'm not a good enough instrument or something like that. Um, but your sermon has freed me a little bit to be like, I was, it doesn't matter. Like this was God's story. This is not my story. Of right, deliverance. Right, this is not, right. this is not for me. This is God ordained. And so, yeah, Let, I, I, let's not forget <laughs> This was about five minutes before church started. Yeah. Clearly this is something that in this case took some time and you were part of that story. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't even have time to be part of the entire story because you were working production. (laughs) Video engineer. I didn't have time because I was preaching that weekend, but just the fact that the Lord used you as that, Mm -hmm. that first point of contact and that you knew enough to start praying for the man. Yeah. And then God brought all the other players that were part of that story. That to me is like the coolest thing. Like the Lord chose to use you in that way. And I, I I see that. I think it was until this sermon that I, and it wasn't in the moment. I didn't feel doubt in the moment, but since the moment I'm like, I've thought about myself, um, just self doubt. Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah, I was, I was there, but did I do anything? I didn't, I didn't do anything. I I mean, it could have been anyone. And so that's, I've, I've come a long way just in like three weeks of like what I even think about these Mm -hmm. types of things, like spiritual warfare and things like that. And so the doubt that I've felt about myself has been, has been healed by the sermon and by like, prayer team members and things like that, but I've not talked about it, but, um, yeah, just 
share on that. Yeah. And I, and I know, I know. You were part of the process. I know. For sure. I know that. And I didn't and do I, anything either. I guess to be my honest. point is, my <laughs> I point, mean, I stood there and put my hand on his back and prayed. My point isn't like, I wish somebody would acknowledge that I was part of the process. I don't care about that part. The part I've, so we're, we're a new lead team. There's been a lot of like, do these people, like maybe it's me projecting, but do these people have what it takes? Mm. And this is the first like pastoral, like, do I have what it takes <laughs> moment? And since the moment I'm like, I don't know if I have what it takes. Cause clearly I didn't do anything or, but reading that Peter didn't take a moment of praise for the miracle. I'm yeah. like, I, I don't need, I don't need that. Like, I don't need to know if I'm doing anything because I was, like you said, I was, I was there when somebody needed help. I, I think you're describing something that from my life experience is incredibly common post miracle. And that is the weapon of doubt. Yeah. Mm. It tends to be deployed <laughs> by the enemy of our souls. Yeah. After we have witnessed a miracle. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't want us to go forth in boldness yeah. and change the world and take authority in the name of Jesus by the power of the mm. Holy Spirit. And so, of course, he would fill our minds with doubt. And I'm struck sitting across from you right now because y'all know that I have struggled <laughs> with self-doubt yeah. yeah. hardcore yeah. since that weekend. Yeah. You know, and so that's the enemy that mm -hmm. is deploying that weapon of yep. doubt. But you're right to correct, you know, what whatever is happening to you through the word yeah. and how the word restores and that it wasn't about us to begin with. Mm -hmm. It was always about his Holy spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And think about, think about what God has been doing through this circumstance already to prepare us. I mean, look, we're all rookies and I don't mean us as the lead team. We are in some ways we're all new at this in some, some ways, but I mean, culturally we are rookies when it comes to spiritual warfare. Even, even those of us from a more charismatic tradition, I've been to places in the world where they are not rookies. And I'll tell you, it's, we've got a long way to go before <laughs> this is like a baked into our way of understanding the world. We are like yeah. children waking up to the realities around us. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of learning to do, mm -hmm. but, but to use the cliche, the overused cliche, God doesn't, doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. Yeah. And I think what this is doing, even in your life is God is using this to begin equipping us. Think of the things that we've realized since this happened. Wow. We really need to do some spiritual warfare orientation for our staff. Mm -hmm. Wow. We really need to make sure we're engaging our prayer team. Actually, God was doing that before, mm -hmm. before this right. happened. What tell, tell them what three happened, Marin. This yeah. is yeah. Three days before this deliverance occurred on Saturday night, we had had a prayer meeting with one of the um, elders that was involved in that deliverance that would come days later. We were sitting there on a Wednesday having a meeting about prayer at Grace Church and our approach to prayer. I had just been given a, a document that was compiled a few years ago describing Grace's approach to all different kinds of prayers and among them deliverance prayers. And when I got to that page, I was like, whoa, I think we could use some training on this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and three days later, this happened. Yeah. So um, it's never been more apparent to me that the spirit is on the move among us yeah. here at Grace Church, in our community, in our midst. And we should expect mm -hmm. some fiery darts of the enemy mm -hmm. to come along with that. Yeah. And one of those doubts, one of those darts is self-doubt. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, the last, <clears throat> the last insight or takeaway was, is this, 
is this how we address healing the broken place of pain? Your sermon, like talking about healing and I, I think it's a way that we talk about it. Yes. Again, just, just to talk about what we just said, like of all the other people that were not healed that day or the mm-hmm. other people who yeah. still need to be delivered or the other people who are not healed of, of, of illnesses, I think physical or emotional or mental healing that all fits into this. Um, I think pain comes in a lot of different forms. Yeah. So when we talk about the broken place of pain, I don't know that it's just physical or chronic pain, although that's a part of it. So I think, yeah, I think this is, this is one of the ways that God heals. But like I said, God is a healer and that healing can take many forms. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is the, in the business of healing. Yeah. And so when it comes to people who are in pain of any kind, we are his instruments to bring that healing because he is restoring presence within us. Cause that's the one broken place for me where I've been like, I don't, I don't know what to do about this because mm. I'm not a doctor. Right. So I don't know what I'm going to do to contribute to the healing, <clears throat> the broken place of pain. Maybe that's what we talk about next year for hope month. Yeah, maybe yeah. because it, it clicked like, Oh, maybe this is, this is one of the ways or a way to do this. Mm. Yeah. This message for me was also a reminder that um, it all points back to God, no matter what kind of healing what kind of place we're healing, like pain. If you watch somebody be delivered, if you watch someone be healed there from their physical pain, like there's no way you can deny that that's like the Holy spirit. Like there's cause, cause I'm not a doctor. I don't have any way of doing that. But when I feel like I'm healing another place, like befriending someone from isolation or like helping, it's really easy to lose sight of the fact that I'm not the one doing Mm -hmm. that either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that has nothing to do with me and what I'm good at and what I, what my gifts are. And I think it's really easy in any kind of healing of any broken place to forget where the focus is and that it's never about me. It's never, it's always no matter race, racism or hatred or injustice or, or isolation, decay, any of that, it can feel like, oh, I did that. No, it, the focus always, no matter what the healing is, it always goes back to the true healer of everything. And can I say one thing that just, it's just on my mind. Cause I know, I know so many people are coming at this from completely different, different angles. I know there are some people who for them, it's like, yeah, we, of course this happens. We should be doing this so much more. And, and then there's others who are coming from a much more skeptical place. And I'd be honest, I'm probably in the more skeptical. I'm more prone to say, yeah, that was just chance or yeah, that was just Mm -hmm. the placebo effect or whatever. Most of the time when I hear stories of people claiming things about healing, but, and I also know that, like I said in my message last time about Pentecost, that there's, there are, there's abuse of this right. or there's extreme, there's, there's uh, sensationalism of it. There's the whole videos online. Look them up of guys swinging their don't, jacket. Their, don't look, them, don't up. look them up, but, but <laughs> swinging their jackets around and people are all just being like blown over like the wind. And it's like, okay, okay. All right. And, and, and it is sensationalized. And so I get that there's an extreme there, but I think, I think what, for those on the skeptical side of things, and I imagine the many at grace are on that side of things. My encouragement is to at least entertain the, the possibility that this is happening and that it's real. And I think if we do that, if we crack that door open, I don't think we're going to slide down to sensationalism. I don't think you're going to start getting crazy stuff happening left and right, but I do think you might start to see God's hand at work and actually begin to recognize that it is him and not us. Like I just overheard 
a congregant, and this, this is the small stuff that nobody really celebrates, but I heard, overheard a congregant coming up to someone else who said, Hey, by the way, you prayed for me a few weeks ago. I was in the middle of some major anxiety attacks. I was having, I was having just panic attacks. I was so anxious. You prayed for me. And I haven't told you this, but when I walked out to the parking lot, something lifted off of my shoulders and I haven't been back to that dark place since like, yeah. Could that have been the placebo effect? Of course. But what if God was healing him? Like, what if that, you know, is it okay for me to start thinking perhaps God is at, at this moment, healing someone, bringing hope, bringing life, you know, what's, what's so dangerous about me actually believing that it is God at work in that, in that way. And I think the more we start to shape our mentality to say, as I said in my message, the spirit is real Mm -hmm. spirit is healing and spirit is powerful. I think we'll start to see it more. And it may just actually enliven something in us that we desperately need to come alive right now. Yes. I love the second part of what you said that week too, that we through that power can help heal and restore the world just as we Mm. are being healed and restored in the process. I think people think I've got to have it all together. Uh Uh-uh. We are, that's the humility aspect. Like we're as broken as anyone else and we're being healed and restored as we get to be part of healing and restoring. And that, that's, like a key part of it for me. Yeah. I'm standing behind this guy with my hand on his back as broken as, as he is in my own way. Yeah. And I'm being restored and healed as I get to be part of that healing and restoring. And it was like, that to me is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, okay. So where do we go next? What are we doing? So we're going to talk about the stoning of Stephen. <laughs> Let's get excited. <laughs> we are what, which sound? There we go. Yeah. Which it's like, it's such Lord. a weird, <laughs> I feel like I need to just ask forgiveness for that sound effect. We're so sorry, Lord. That, that Tyler a chose to use this moment. Incredible monumental watershed moment it, in the church. It is. It's like, where are we going next? The stoning of Stephen. It is Sheesh. the longest the longest speech in acts. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I wish I could. It's, it's very long. And to our modern sensibilities or our modern sort of perspective on scripture, it's very weird that, that like, they're like, what, what, what's the deal? Like he's, he goes around performing miracles and they're like, they're like, you know, I heard that you're blaspheming. And, and he's like, there was a man named Abraham and you're like, wait, <laughs> what? And he tells this long story. Anyway, yeah. we'll get into that. But the, the end of his story is so outrageous that they take him and they, they actually lynch him. They, they stone him to death out extra judicial killing out on the street. And it begins the persecution of the early church, which also begins the scattering of the church to the world where the gospel begins to actually go way beyond Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And it actually starts going to the ends of the earth. So, um, be praying friends of the pod, because I think one of the ways that I'm going to be applying this message is by really calling people to make a decision. Stephen was all in in his following of Christ to the point of even acting like Jesus as, as he's being murdered. Are we all in is, is the question. And and we're going to have baptisms. We're going to have an opportunity for people to rededicate their life to Christ. So let's be praying in preparation for this weekend, because I really do believe like, as we've said, God's spirit is on the move. And I think there are some lives that are ready to be transformed. So let's pray that the Mm. spirit prepares the hearts of those who are, are going to need this message. Yeah. Can't wait. I think we're all on together this weekend. 
Really? <laughs> we, yes. We really are. Yep. Oh, you two are singing and, and I'm then hosting. hosting. Oh. Believe God. <laughs> <laughs> I just talked to Goey today and he's he's doing great. Does so. he know he's a immortal soundbite? <laughs> Probably on not. The show? Probably not. He needs he, to know. He, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Until he knows, Marin, will you please do us the honors and send us out. Sure thing. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 